You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Michael. Good to have you here with me. Uh, Hey, we're going to get right into this interview, but uh, just if you really enjoy the podcast, I'm asking you to subscribe, write a review. Five stars would be great. Um, What are the handles, Ryan, that can follow us? Uh, At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. You can watch on YouTube. You can listen like you're listening right now. I hope you guys have had a glorious week and you're doing good stuff. You're you're staying healthy and, and having a good time with this thing called life. Um, stick around afterwards. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, read out the old patrons. Those are part of the patron family and give you a lot of updates and uh, stuff about where you can see me, some conventions and uh, merch and all that great stuff. But right now, this guy has been in everything. I mean, Austin Powers. Uh, family guy. Robot chicken. Robot chicken. Can't hardly wait. I mean, the list goes on. You're going to love this guest. He's a delight. I love having him on here. Let's just uh, get into it. Let's get inside of Seth Green. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You look good. Thanks, man. I so mean, do you. You look like you have beach hair, like a good beach hair. <laughs> you know how your hair is always good at the beach? All right. Yeah, no, I'll buy that. I, I'm, I, haven't, I, haven't, I don't spend a lot of time at the beach, if I'm, yeah. if I'm being perfectly honest. Seth, do you, by, by the way. I wanted to have a roaring fire for you, and it is not <laughs> coming together. Yeah, it's nice, though. Look at that. Where are you? Is that your living room? Uh, no, we uh, retreated to the mountains. You're in the mountains right now? Yeah. Haven't quite got the big snow that uh, the weather's been promising, but it's it's been really quiet, which is nice. Do you recommend leaving the house? Because I really haven't left my house other than a few things a week, but uh, I, I could tell my anxiety is a little through the roof lately. And uh, uh, do you do you get a little cabin fever or do you, do you, is that why you got out? Yeah, well, we were in LA all year and we were in, uh, just extreme about all of our COVID precautions because- you know, you don't so many want people it. got sick. We knew a lot of people that got sick. It was, it was fucking crazy. So we spent the whole year um, working from home uh, and only venturing out in the smallest of scales to get supplies when we needed them. And uh, we mm. didn't really visit with anybody in person until we had successfully over eight or nine months confirmed what we believed was a, a, a dependable bubble. Right, um, right. So by the time it got to Christmas, we were like, I guess we could do this anywhere. So why don't we get out of LA before it becomes an incredible COVID hotspot and uh, get a little bit of quiet uh, so we can actually think and be productive. What do you notice about yourself or Claire when you guys are sort of, I know you're a homebody like me. You like to be home. You like to do a lot, <laughs> a lot of nothing. But even for me, a lot of nothing became... Wow, I just watched the four years of The Crown in in two days uh, <laughs> where you're starting to watch so much TV and you're like, great, and you're, you're stocked in the fridge and, you know, you're outside with your dog in the backyard and all of a sudden you're going, I'm with myself. Oh, my God, I can't be with myself any longer. I mean, you have each oh. other, but were, were there any times where you were like, God, you're annoying me? Or she's like, God, Seth, I just need to. We need to be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. We we definitely took advantage of the space at our at our house to stay separate from each other when we needed our own space. But I think that's that's something we that's something we we really try to uh, do 
even when it's not a pandemic, because um, we're both such strong-willed individuals. Um, and then us together, you, you, I don't know, I, I have to maintain a healthy respect for her space and her temperament and her need to be by herself. Um, at the same way I expect her to be respectful of mine. So we're, we're pretty good about not getting so on top of each other that we hate each other. But I absolutely feel you on the, I can't absorb any more media. I can't like sit and watch it. I need to be, <laughs> I need to get off the couch and I need to be out in nature, maybe take a hike, even if it's by myself. Yeah, but you're always creating things. You're always doing things. And I've been doing that too, but sometimes I've gotten to the point, not right now, but like a week ago, I couldn't even sit down on my computer and write, or I get anxiety sitting there. Like I can't even sit down and write because I got anxiety and I need to get up and I'm like, what do I want to do? I need to smoke a cigarette. No, you don't. I need to, I mean, it just, it just became this redundant, bad habit fucking cycle. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> so no, I, feel, I feel you, man. That's all, that's all like really fucking tough. The, the thing I, I realized for myself, at least through this quarantine, was that I needed to um, rediscipline in a lot of ways. I'd either developed uh, bad habits over time or worse, um, coasted on my evolution for as long as I could, right? Like you, you make such... Um, Anytime I discovered something that felt, oh, that that's going to change the way I do everything, um, I sort of neglected the need to consistently uh, reinforce it, right? A- anything I've ever been good at, I got there by rigorous, consistent study and practice. And the older I've gotten, the less I feel, oh, I don't need to practice, <laughs> right? And then you right. show up. And start feeling like Bobby Brown when uh, New Edition reunited. You ever see that tape? No. What happened? <laughs> this is amazing. They're all going through their choreography and everybody else in the group is fucking sharp as shit. Like on point. And I think it was TMZ or somebody. They were like, yo, I don't think Bobby's going to make it on this tour. And it was a, a shot of him. Less than a minute of choreography. And he fell on his knees like breathing heavy while the rest of the band continued the dance and i was like oh my god have i become bobby brown i gotta get back in the game like you don't (laughs) achieve anything without practice without discipline right and so especially through this pandemic i had to and i still have to i mean i i can't act like i'm i'm overachieving now it's like right if you want your body to feel strong and flexible you have to stretch and exercise every day no, that's true. I, I never got anything um, given to you. So that's the thing I've been trying to do the most is reignite my commitment to those disciplines so that I can be um, the best at what I want to be doing, you know, what yeah. I mean? or give my best effort. You know, by the way, you're like, you're an actor, you're a producer, writer, all this, some creator. And, 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 you know, you think I could do this. I've done it. I've done it. And then all of a sudden, I mean, is it one of those things where, you start running lines that you haven't got a part for just because you want to stay fresh and you want to think, know you could memorize them. You want to know that you could do it. Did you do anything like that or not really? I'm not really with that intent, but I, um, I did ask my agent, uh, a year, like two years ago to send me auditions. And it's funny, you know, your agents are like, well, you know, you don't need to audition. And I'm like, well, it's not even about 
the auditioning. It's that I, I over time, um, have less of a relationship uh, as I did with casting directors. Um. And I, I feel like that's actually a really important relationship. You need casting directors to believe that you could play a variety of roles. Um, and, and over time, I think the more interviews I, I do and the, the more our culture evolves, audiences are um, inclined to accept everyone as a personality, right? And the more that reality TV becomes the vogue, audiences have an opinion about the personalities. And it's very different from the way you see actors, right? So I always want to be seen as an actor. And I always want casting directors to see me that way. So I was like, oh, let me, let me just go on a bunch of auditions. Let me read for some stuff that's cool. Let me work out. You know what I mean? Let me prepare a scene. Did you get any of those roles or you just auditioned for no, them? None of them. No. Did you and want to? Um, I wasn't opposed to getting a job. Like I went out on each of those things in earnest, but as, as is typical with any kind of casting, you're either the thing or you're not. Right. Oh, yeah. And so with each of those things, when I looked at who got the part, I was like, oh, that's just a fundamentally different type. <laughs> right. We all do. I was like, oh, well, they cast him. It wasn't me. That's oh, right. That guy's, that guy's 60. So it's funny that we were even auditioning for the same role. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I mean, do you still get uh, those those nerves before an audition? Do you still get that kind of feeling? like, Or do, are you so confident in what you do that you just do it? Um, I guess I just do it. Like, I don't have any fear about putting in work and showing it to somebody. That's, that's kind of been my thing the whole time. Um, you know, as a performer, that's the best thing I can do is, is meaningfully prepare something and then demonstrate it and then not care right. when I leave. But do you ever Rosenbaum? Do you ever just bomb it out? In audition? <laughs> Like you've walked out. Have you ever apologized and going, I'm sorry. Thank you for your time. <laughs> no, never, never. <laughs> not. I have. Uh, you know what? That's not true. I had a, God, I, I had one of the worst, one of the worst experiences I ever had auditioning. Tell me. Um, it's so bad. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Take a drink of water. I like hearing these things. So um, I met Alan Ball, the creator of Six Feet Under and True Blood. Uh, back when he was a writer uh, and, a, and a producer, I think, on Sybil. Um, I auditioned for Sybil 10 or 12 times, and I finally got a part on the show. And they had seen me over and over, like each of the producers. We'd met like nine times over the course of this. <laughs> and so when they finally had a part that I could play, everyone was so excited. And I had the greatest time working on the show. Sybil uh, Shepard, Christine Baranski, they, they were so awesome everybody was so awesome and so i love alan ball big alan ball fan when american beauty uh came around i was like i i, I chased it as hard as i could um and, but you know when you see west bentley it's like oh i'm obviously we're very different types that's a very specific thing um and he was awesome in it by the way so stayed in touch with alan and um in the last season of six feet under they were like, uh, this character is going to be recurring against Lauren Ambrose, who I knew from uh, um, Can't Hardly Wait. Real excited, going in for producers. Lauren's going to be in the room. 
God, I can't even remember what year it was, but I had a, a flip phone. <laughs> okay, like, so uh, early 2000s? Somewhere in there. I uh, forgot to turn my phone on before mm-hmm. I went into this audition. And it's in my pocket. And uh, I was already like nervous because I really wanted it to go well. I'm reading with an actor who I've got a depth of familiarity and experience with. We should be able to uh, create chemistry in the way that the scene needs. And I know this whole group. I just wanted to, I just wanted to be awesome. I wanted to validate their um, faith in bringing me in at this kind of opportunity. Right. Like my first line, my my phone rings Mm. and it's so loud (laughs) and distracting and I reach for it and like silence it. And I just look at Lauren like, Oh my God, let's in my eyes. I'm like, okay, let's, let's just stay in this moment. And she's there for me. Were you blushing? Was your face, did your face get red? I just immediately flop sweat. I'm like, uh, Albert Brooks in broadcast news. Like it was, (laughs) I think I left a wet mark on the seat. I was sweating so hard. It was one of the worst I've never, it's, I still like, I'm traumatized thinking about it. Um, and then not, uh, <laughs> not 30 seconds later, my phone rings again. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, no. And I, I silence it again very quickly. But, you know, the rhythm of the scene is fucked. And uh, they're like, do you want to start again? So I'm like, okay. And I'm fumbling, like, trying to turn your phone turn off. My, yeah. And I should have just, like, took it out, apologized, and shut it off. But I didn't. I tried to play it cool. So we started the scene again. <laughs> And it, my, of course, my phone goes off again. And I did that thing that nobody wants to do. I took my phone out of my pocket and literally threw it into the depth of the room and turned to apologize to everybody. And then we tried to do the scene again. Of course, my phone rang two more times from the distance Jesus now. Jesus Christ. It's on tape, I'm sure. I don't know if they burn any of those tapes. Did, did you talk to Lauren afterwards and said, oh, my God, I'm sorry, or you just kind of let it go? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I think I blacked out so much of that. I don't even remember finishing the scene or saying goodbye. Like I was so embarrassed. And I had to go collect my phone from oh, the depth of the room. Too. I got anxiety thinking about that. I, I had one. I think I told this on a show a long time ago, but maybe Ryan, you cut it. I don't remember. But uh, I went in to read. This guy cast me in Urban Legend. He cast me in Pool Hall Junkies, Sorority Boys. He brought me in for this Liam Neeson part and uh, movie the gray or something sure and i went in there and i didn't know the material and i thought i could just like half read half do it yeah. <laughs> and i'm not kidding i go ah oh, fuck man can we start off oh, shit pa- uh you know uh john papsadera paps can we can we do this again uh-huh. yeah he's the best and i read yeah, it and then i, I go john. i go oh man just uh you, you want to take a few minutes I go, yeah so i went and took a few minutes then i came back and started reading it it just was like i could not get through it and I go, listen, man. And finally, we got through it. And he goes, thanks, Rosie. And I go, John, I really want to apologize. Uh, I was fucking up. No, 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 no. You're, you're awful. Still good. I go, no, dude. That is, I mean, I know how bad I was. And uh, there's no excuse for it. So uh, I'm just really sorry, dude. Uh, I, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm usually game and I just wasn't. And I've had those moments. I've had those moments where a director's really into it. And then when he's really into it, I'm like, kind of like, oh, fuck, fuck. He's really likes me. And then he's giving me direction. He's like, yeah, yeah. All right, do this. I want you to do this. And then this and this. And then I'm like, 
oh my god i'm on the verge of getting it uh, and then i fuck up i mean that's happened a few times oh, i mean honey. just but, it, but like that that's life there's sometimes where i fucking go in there and i i krisnush you know i guarantee that uh john's right that even your awful is pretty great uh, um, i wouldn't say that but and you are somebody who is so capable of not just being present in real life but being very present in scenes like you give to your work so completely that you feel vulnerable and stress out about being revealed to that depth well I, ne- I never thought about you're that. so good at this well, thank you. you're both very very funny <laughs> and a truly convincing actor so well i mean don't, look don't I, pull your cord don't pull i, your cord I know i know but like you know people don't know <laughs> so, people don't know seth sometimes what goes through your mind like i could play a role like i could go into a room and everybody's saying oh god this guy's full of confidence and that but i'm not i i could fake the shit out of it i could go in there and kill something but inside i'm kind of like going and maybe it's because i care so much maybe because i want to be great i want to and that desire to be great that desire to be perfect is a is not a healthy thing to to be per, to to say hey i'm going to do my best that's healthy but to be perfect yeah. is impossible did you ever yeah. do that where have you been hard on yourself where you know you have to be great you have to be perfect people have to love you you want everybody to love you and and, and if you did how do you get through that uh yes to the first part not to the second part so i love to be technically flawless i love to put the work and discipline in and then show off my attunement to a specific skill um but i don't um it's not the applause and it's not the love of the audience i i don't know how else to explain it but that's never been my drive like obviously i want people to like me but i am not um inflated or uh benefited by seeing my name in lights or the size of never like never have been like that ever like none of the no none of this none of the none of the like it's it's a weird thing man it's in the doing of it for me um wow right so like my favorite thing is really um knowing my material so completely that i make a, a character feel like a person so that the person connects to the audience and like feels the emotion in whatever the story is so that the audience receives that emotion. That's my favorite, my favorite thing. And it, it came from watching people on stage and watching people in commercials convey a sentiment to me in the audience that made me feel any which way. I was like, I think that's what I do. And I could, and I realized it really young, you know? So that's always been my end. And it's, it's less about the, it is about the technical perfection of it, the, the mimicry of a character voice or the, the execution of a performance um, in a way that's so clear, it, it gives it to the audience with a minimum of words. Like that's, that, that, that's the thing that, that turns me on the most. Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know, I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify. I can't think of anyone else that would do this 
uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, I tried Qualiocinolytic, and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Qualiocinoletic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that. And uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this. So that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside. 
for up to $100 off and use code INSIDE at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Now that's an innate maturity that I, I can't imagine you've had since the beginning of your career, which started when you were a young boy. I guess you had, do you believe there's a certain, I guess this is multifaceted, this question. Wow. Uh, but I can't believe I'm asking a two-parter. Uh, hmm, but that's oh, heavy, man. But as a kid, <laughs> I, you always look at kid actors and they're like, always oh, great. Why is that? that it, because they have a fearlessness to them or whatever it is that you maybe convey. And not all kids are great, but when you watch kids' performances, it's almost like they don't care and they're so comfortable in a way, at least the ones when I think of uh, Sixth Sense and you know, even you as a young boy in some roles, radio days, just whatever. And then 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 there gets to be a point where, I mean, have you just always acted so it never, that confidence sort of never left you or that? And also, like, dealing with fame and stuff, does that, do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy being famous? <laughs> well, that's a, that is a lot of part. So I <laughs> grew up with a lot of kids that wanted to perform, that loved performing. And we were the, the ones that sort of found each other. Then there were the kids that wanted to be famous, right? And those kids usually burn out very fast because what it actually takes to do this job over the course of your life is so much. And you, 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 you suffer so much heartbreak if you actually give a shit about it, um, that that becomes overwhelming and defeating. Um, but my goal has always been the same and that's helped me stay connected even when I'm deeply insecure about my ability to continue to do the thing. Right. Like I've been, I've been able to consistently work over my entire life. It's almost 40 years of, of doing this. And it's, it's only through finding ways to not take it personally. It's never about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Finding a way to be confident in whatever I've prepared for uh, an audition or a job. And also like put my heart and soul in something and then not care once I leave the room, like that's, that's years of acquiring the discipline and also the, the simple reality, man, I've seen so many people come and go, so many people come and go. So yeah. many, like from the time they're kids to the time they're adults, I've seen every version of it. I've worked with tons and tons of people. And did you call and, it like in the back of your head? Like they're not going to last. Um, I, there's been times when I highlight specific behavior and I'm like, well, that's probably not going to, that's probably not, that's probably going to work against you. But um, the thing that's consistent about anybody that's stuck around is uh, hard work, being a nice person, you know what I mean? Um, and continued like discipline. Every, anybody that's stuck around has kept learning the whole time. They work really fucking hard without asking. Cause that's just what you do. And then they're nice to people. Cause why, <laughs> why not be nice to people? I know. We literally play pretend for a living. Yeah. And so no matter how expensive that becomes, like these $200 million movies that are multi-billion dollar industries, like that's a lot of pressure to put on anyone, but we're still doing the same job. We're putting on these costumes and we're putting on a show. So don't, don't emotionally destroy yourself over that. It, it, it really isn't. Uh, it's not saving the world the same way. <laughs> right. You make that sound so simple, but really the two things are hard work and being a good person. 
being a kind person. Those are those are the main <laughs> things. If you work really hard and you have and some talent nice and you're nice to people, you're probably going to work. If you're an asshole and you're not great, people will find someone else. Yeah, if you're successful, people will tolerate a remarkable uh, amount of bad behavior. But I think we're becoming less tolerant of it. I think I, it really feels like the industry over the last several years has had a, a highly reflective moment and has worked to alter itself, you know, yeah. through every facet. I'm optimistic. What about being famous? Is there, obviously there's pluses. I mean, you know, I, I love getting free shit. I love, you know, being invited <laughs> to Lucas Ranch. I love being, you know, God bless. I mean, there's things I've done that were just dreams to me as a kid and still are dreams that I'm fulfilling. And uh, I love that. But with fame, obviously, it's not always easy. People are like, oh, poor guy, he did this, and everything you do is scrutinized. And um, I mean, do you enjoy the fame, or do you like? Uh, I'm obviously you're an incredibly kind person. I've met you. I've never seen you raise your voice to anyone. I've always seen people come up to you and you just sign autographs, and you're fine. But uh, do you get tired of it? Um, well, I'm I'm someone that actually likes to spend time by myself, so that's compromised um a degree of anonymity that i enjoyed without realizing that it was a perk <laughs> but um there's definitely pluses right like there's things that i get to do because people recognize my face or have a um a predetermined opinion of me even before we meet so it makes our encounter far more positive than their average encounter with any other person like I get an instant icebreaker, which is very helpful in conversations. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm socially awkward, but I'm not. Um, I've definitely spent my life <laughs> overcoming all those basic social fears. Right. Uh, and so being recognizable helps shortcut a little bit of that. And it also gives me a bit of a magic power um, in conversations to make people smile or laugh, which is one of my favorite things to do. Me too. Sure. Yeah. You know, downsides are that um, you can't really have a good day. Uh, <laughs> Freudian slip. Well, let me, let me, let me say it like this. I heard, um, God, in an interview in the late 90s, uh, Pep from Salt and Peppa, she said, the hardest part about being famous is you can't have a public bad day. Right. Cause the, millionth time you meet an excited fan is the only time that fan meets you. Wow. And so what do you want that moment to be? I think about that all the time. Like I don't uh -huh. need to let it dominate. I, I, when I, when I first started getting recognized, I really, I couldn't help myself, but to cater to it, I felt such an incredible responsibility to make that person's experience so significant that I would neglect my actual friends or family that I was in the middle of hanging out with. And I had people, people became so bold, man. Like I was in the middle of slow dancing with a girlfriend on a beach and somebody literally got between us and put their hands on either of our shoulders and was like, yo, can we take a picture? <laughs> Jeez. I became a stall man in the bathroom because so many fucking creepers when the camera phone oh, uh, became yeah. invented, my world changed. And when someone like puts their phone above your toilet stall, you're like, what, what do you want out of this? They want to see you poop. Maybe. <laughs> I had that once I was in a, I was at a concert 
not too long ago i think it was chicago or something i was seeing the band chicago uh they're still around and uh you know we're i'm in there and the guy goes he looks at me goes i know you man i'm like yeah what's going on he's like yeah man can we get a picture i go hey can we have a conversation after i'm done holding my dick and he's like oh yeah man yeah 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 and it was cool but it was just like i mean i am holding my penis urinating in a stall can you wait a minute I could, but it would be it wouldn't be as good a story. It wouldn't be as good a story as Lex Loser was holding his dick. Look at this picture of us with our dicks. <laughs> this is great. Why does it always go back to that accent? I grew I up in know. Indiana, but it always goes, man, tell me so why can't it be like I was looking at Lex Luthor's dick? See, we could flip the script right now and become a more woke Hollywood if we just started doing less derisive impersonations. <laughs> I think so. I think that's going to happen. I think that's slowly going to happen. <laughs> oh, I love it. But you are you are a good guy, and I think that goes a long way. Do you ever watch yourself and go, oof, I'm not good in that? Have you ever done As that? As an actor? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What, oh my God. what role did you watch that maybe people really liked that you didn't like what you did? I'm not going to point that out. Like That's one thing I learned early on is let the audience have their own experience. What is something you watch and go, I did my job there? I thought I was uh, decent. Thought I did a good job. Um, well, there's a couple. There's a couple performance opportunities that I've had that I love, and I and I did the thing that um, felt the best to me, which was like be in it, be in it so much, and be technically um, efficient to a degree that it yields the right emotion, the right laugh, right? Like I was. Um, um, Austin Powers is one of my favorite things because I was just rooted in that character and I was um, liberated at every channel to improvise and just follow a laugh, but in character. That's something so magical happened when we were making those movies. And that's why we got to make three of them because everybody felt it from 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 the people making it to the audience and i was like that's something something cool is happening here everybody was just in it and firing on all cylinders so that feels amazing um i felt like um i uh, can't hardly wait i was so present and it's it's that thing man i worked so hard on that like i knew my lines backwards and forwards i spent so much time thinking about who that character was and why, why I was behaving the way that I was, why I said the things that I said from scene to scene. And by the time we, and, and plus uh, Devin Harry were so great directing that and the, the cast we got, like Lauren and I, we worked, we worked hard on all of those scenes. And, and then every day, every day I woke up and I exercised and I drove to, um, uh, what the fuck's it called? Valencia. Um, and I listened to the rap music that I was convinced Kenny Fisher spent every day listening to on my drive. And I just <laughs> knew it and I ah. felt it. And I like tried to get into this. I was so into it. So I feel like you can see that. You can see that in the in the performance. That's um, great. That's same thing with Party Monster. But it was the work, right? Like it's never not the work. There's never like, oh my God, one of the best things I did. I didn't even know the fucking lines and I'd never read the script and I just showed up and improv it because I'm so talented that I could just show up and do it, right? 
It's never I, those. I love that. <laughs> it's always the stuff where you're like, oh my God, I studied that. I looked at the me. I like practiced. I rehearsed. I did this, this blocking over and over and over and over so many times that I got a blister on my foot. It's those. It's you're right. always that you're where right. I'm like, God, that felt the best. Again, it's the work. It's the work. You got yeah. hard work. You know, Hard Seth MacFarlane said when I you... I mean, are, it's not busting concrete, but, you know. Hey, <laughs> sometimes it feels like... It's a different it, kind of work. It Seth, gets you through the emotional ringer. Seth MacFarlane said in the audition for uh, Family Guy, you were off the rails, he says. <laughs> when, you know, when you go in for an audition sometimes, 99% of the time you think, this is what it reads as. This is what it is. This is, uh, I'm the, whatever, the the stone guy or the surfer kid or whatever it is. And I'm going to read it like, oh, they want a surfer. So I'll be like, oh, hey, man, what's going on, brah? Oh, they want a stoner guy. It's like, hey, man. Are they, and so you go in. What was it like going in for Family Guy? What was going through your mind? Um, I had been dicking around with Charlie Cosmo for over a week doing an impersonation of Ted Levine from uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> right, right, right. Charlie came into town to do the press junket for Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> and we spent the week, um, <laughs> they sent us all of the clippings, right? Like, they're like, hey, here's all the press points you got. And it was at the time for a copied printout <laughs> with all of our reviews. I don't know if you know this, the reviews of that movie were not kind. And they singled out each of the actors individually. And in more than 10, just attacked our physical aesthetic. Oh, So, so Charlie and I were like, all right. We had just done not a mean-spirited press junket, but, you know, a lot of people are like, why did you make this? <laughs> and so you, you get... I got to the point where we weren't even defensive. We were just like, let's just have fun with this. So we were highlighting every... Um, category of insult and then just sort of walking each other through the ptsd oh my god and um he stayed with me and i don't even know how we got off on the topic but we just started talking about the character from silence of the lambs getting odd jobs and doing everything from being a roller rink dj which i was to trying to order something at jack-in-the-box because <laughs> that his character is so specific and he, he does this really dark kind of thing oh <laughs> uh, well, wait a minute was she a great big fat person <laughs> and so i've been doing that impression for years too i just i'm enamored by that guy and i finally worked yeah, with him and i'm like hey he's like oh good how are you i'm like holy shit you talk like that He's a brilliant actor. Oh, and yeah. that performance is incredible. Uh, but that character is so indelible that we just joked around, put it like mimicking the whole thing. And so I, I read that script for Family Guy and I loved it. I wanted it. You know what I mean? It was so funny. I was like, ah, this will never last on TV, but let me be a part of it. And so I, I came in and I did the like, what's up, Dodge? Fight the machine. And did the whole surfer thing and i was like can i this may be stupid but can i try something you know what i mean and it's always that it's always the risk that you take it's always the i got i got a lot of jobs that didn't read um from a stage uh, uh stage direction standpoint as me right i'm five four i'm redheaded i'm very pale and <laughs> i'm not what you call conventionally attractive but i 
have a lot of personality, right? And that's always that's always kept me going. So I like to try shit. You know, most casting people, they it's like they want something specific, but what they really notice is somebody that shines. And you never shine doing it the way, oh, it 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 organically reads this way, right? You gotta add something. The actors that we both love, they're just they're in it. They make choices and they just they they just they're disciplined with it. So you yeah. you, you and it's you, like not everybody's walking, right? Not everybody's like got the bits. Right. But you so you said I want to try something. Was this the last thing you were gonna do before you were done with the audition? I didn't even know I was going to do it. I honestly didn't even, I think Corsmo dared me to at one point. He's like, Oh, you should do a uh, Buffalo bill. Like what if he was Buffalo? What if, what if, what if Buffalo Bill's day job was being this family's kid? <laughs> hey dad, can I have a large shake me from McDonald's? I mean, um, <laughs> dad, I think the baby's crying. <laughs> Hey, Dad, can I have $5 for the cinema? Yeah, Dad, I'm really glad you got fired from your job. Way to take care of us. Hey, Dad, I got paneled in school today. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I pooped my pants. <laughs> so what'd you do in the audition? What did you say? What was the line? I said, uh, hey, can I try something? Um, my buddy and I have spent all week. Do you, do you remember the Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs? And I remember McFarlane was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, what if I did that? And then I just tried it. And it was so fucking weird that I think it made everybody laugh. And I thought, I'm never going to get this job. And then I got it. And I was like, ah, there's... There really is like a magic to the universe. So wait, so you, you did you did he ask you to do okay, do that, but can you do a little less of the or, or can you do a little more of a kid doing Buffalo? So what's Bill? a younger yeah, is there a younger version of it? And I just sort of pitched it up a little bit. But it didn't the whole first like the whole first season of it, it's really down there. It's really low where it's just like uh um Pretty sure I got her business card <laughs> everywhere. <in> the... <laughs> like it's really <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's one of the best Hollywood stories ever. The fact that they're like, oh yeah, that, and yeah. it works. You watch the character, and you're like, this is perfect. Well, it's evolved really far from that. Although we have done some homages to it in the uh, in the. 20 seasons on the air inside of you is brought to you by nutrafol nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker stronger faster growing hair with less shedding and look hair thinning impacts a lot of us myself included in fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? 
Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's nutrafol.com promo code inside inside of you is brought to you by factor i love factor meals ryan do you know this yes why do you know this because i've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some and you've had them and i've had them and you love them i do because i asked you every time mm-hmm. um look i spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that i buy or too many leftovers and it's just i waste so much money and you know factor meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals like 35 different meals more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week and it takes just two minutes so it doesn't matter how busy you are it's two minutes to cook this stuff you always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's, it's perfect for my lifestyle. And I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factor's No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 
at factormeals.com slash inside 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Robot Chicken, are you coming back for an 11th? Yes, we're actually, uh, are we shooting it? We've written the whole thing. We've got a half hour special that hasn't been announced yet that I'm incredibly excited about. Um, and then, uh, That's awesome. and then yes, a, a whole 11th season is on the way. Well, thanks for having me on, by the way, that was a dream. And I, I'm so glad you got, you had me on. That was so fun. I was super confused that you, that you'd only done it the one time. Yeah. I, had I think, so much I think fun. overall this time, I've just assumed everybody has done it. So I'm always surprised when, especially a friend of mine is like, Hey, why haven't you ever had me on the show? And I'm like, no, nah, not on purpose. <laughs> I don't know if I said that. I just said, Hey, if you ever need me on, here's what happened. I go, Hey, if you ever need a voice, anything on robot chicken, you go, wait, you haven't been on it. And I go, yeah. no, he goes, he goes, yeah, you'll get on it. And I immediately called our casting. I was like, please put Rosenbaum on for whatever comes up. That was That's awesome. That's worth his time. Oh, <laughs> I would have done one line. I would have done, I would have just yelled. Hey. I don't love that. I love when people come in and get to do something. That's why, that's why we have everybody do three parts. Well, this new show, Blark and Son on comedy series on Comedy oh, Central. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, dude, I like. In an interview, you said this is like, you know, it's the weirdest thing you've done, or maybe you put it on Instagram. And then I go, yeah. okay, let's see if how weird Seth's talking. And then I watched it. I go, whoa, <laughs> this is fun. I felt like I was watching that Phil Collins video, and this are the world yeah. we live yeah. in. It was so, um, it's, I love we, it. Yeah. I love so the, the junior characters. Oh, 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 just the, the cat. <laughs> The, you guys have to see this on Comedy Central. It is so bizarre <laughs> that, I mean, who came up with this? That's all uh, Ben Bayou. The, um, uh, this, is, this is something I, I haven't had to, it sounds silly, I haven't had to do anything for this except consistently affirm that it's a good idea, right? So very, <laughs> very early on, it's years ago now, Ben um, wanted to produce, he showed us the puppets first and he was like, this is a thing. And then I, I can't even remember if you had filmed the demo or not, but they were going to do it on Instagram and just, just make it. And so we financed that and then it got picked up from Instagram to be, um, do you remember when Verizon had a platform for a second? Yep. Go 90. So go 90 came after us and was like, we'll finance uh, a run of shorts. And so we produced a series of shorts for them. And then that whole thing went out of business and we got the rights back and sold it to comedy um, to make an online series that also re-airs on the network. And so I, I, again, I just think the thing is so fucking funny. It's so creative. So it's creative. so strange. It's full of incredible performers and unbelievable production value. Um, it is by far the weirdest thing. It's so made, weird. It's so I, you can't stop watching it. That's how weird it is. You can't stop watching these characters. Like, oh, these characters are so larger than life, and I'm just like going, oh my God. I gotta keep you, watching this. If you go to the Instagram page and I might get high and watch shorts it. that uh, that they filmed, it's it's just very very funny and smart and really captures something about um, family dynamics and then you know neighborhood dynamics. Um, and the, the biggest thing is I love all that tech, right? Cause it's the exact same stuff that you would use to make a monster movie, right? So if you're going to make American werewolf in London, it's the same 
principle. It's all the same machines and materials and stuff. So I've been, I've been trying to fortify that department of our studio um, so that we can render visual effects for um, something that a feature I want to make. Wow. And you have all the tools. It's like you have the studio, you have this, it's like a smorgasbord of uh, just, I, I mean, you have so many ideas and you have the uh, ability to pursue these ideas in an easier way when it comes to that sort of uh, platform, right? Well, I mean, it's always hanging on by a thread, <laughs> right? Everything is always sort of on a thread because um, you're, you're, you talk about the consistent employment of hundreds of people. Um, and so there, there's a lot of management involved in that, like, um, like that whole department that I'm talking about, um, they've been doing the, uh, masks for the masked singer for the last two seasons. And, um, the same, the same shop essentially that does Blark and Son. Oh, hey, say hello. Claire, say hello. how are you? Good. I hope y'all are having fun. We are. We love you. I miss you. I can't wait till this is over so we can hug it out. I know. Uh, I miss hugs. I know. I'm going to hug this. so good. I'm going to hug the shit out of you. Like, honestly, a long hug. Like, he wasn't kidding. It's going to yeah. be a long, hard hug. The long and hard hug. Uh, Man, that's awesome. I love that you get to do that. But you're talking about the masked singer and the... uh. Oh yeah. So, so, but you know, it's like that, uh, with, with that department, it's only as big as it needs to be, but the idea is that you can grow and shrink some, some things. Um, and it's all the same, it's all the same technology. Hey, so, uh, the episode, w w it aired right. We're on family guy or Seth green versus Seth McFarlane, where you're playing, right. But the characters are talking at each other. I saw that online, but was that, okay, yeah, yeah, that started, um, <laughs> explain the situation, how it, how it started. Well, it, it started as something like genuinely unbelievable that both Family Guy and Robot Chicken were um, working with Lucasfilm to make uh, dedicated episodes uh, for Star Wars. Um, and so Seth MacFarlane and I, who have known each other since 98, um, and um, we were commiserating backstage at one of the panels where we were going to go talk at this Family Guy panel to talk about the Star Wars thing. And we were both like, how the fuck is this happening? <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. We're making Star Wars specials for our respective shows. That's, that's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. Nuts. And um, we were making them at the exact same time, writing them at the same time, which was actually such a benefit because I could call their writer's room and say, hey, we're doing a cantina joke that's shaped like this. What's your cantina joke? Oh, we're doing a trash compactor joke that's shaped like this. What's your trash compactor joke? And in, in a couple cases, we were in the same territory and were able to keep our uh, stuff um, um, separate so that we weren't overlapping each other right. in a specific joke or a specific idea. And it was, uh, it was fucking awesome, man. And so um, just because of the nature of production, we, Robot Chicken beat Family Guy to air. <laughs> and aired first and um after we had i think it was even after we'd done we were in the middle of pickups so they had started rendering animation for the family guy one <laughs> and i came in to do a, a set of pickups and that scene which is not a post-credit tag but it's like the end of it has chris talking to peter about um well dad that was very exciting but you know technically robot chicken did it first and then Peter's like, ah, yeah, but you know, Chris, that's not a uh, real show on a real pro a real network. 
And it is, it's so mean and also really disparaging of me and of Robot Chicken, but it's also very, very funny. And in the context, he sort of cops to the fact that we aired first, even though like millions of less people saw it. And it just, I don't know, none of us really care. But it went and back so, and forth, right? So it went back. Yeah. yeah. And, well, it turned- and then they did it in all three, <laughs> in all three of the, um, uh, family Guy specials, and they start getting like far more specifically targeted against me, Seth Green, as an actor. <laughs> yeah, what would they say? What was one of the? I don't remember. It was just they made they made fun of movies I've done, but it also, you know, it is funny, and I just don't care. Um, it was so funny. And I think people enjoy the fact that we all know each other. Oh man, but it's good. You're in good spirits. You both can go at it and have fun with it. Well, I, I, th- you know. Some of my favorite stuff is the is the Friars roasts, is um, old episodes of the Match Game. Yeah, I think people. I think that's why Twitter worked in the first place is because people enjoy conversations amongst any artists that they are interested in. Right. Uh, this is called shit talking with Seth Green. Shit talking with Seth Green. Uh, Let's talk some shit. Talking some shit with my patrons. <laughs> if you want to join Patreon, you should. It's awesome. Uh, this is rapid fire. Steph A, how much of your entourage persona is you and how much is exaggerated? Uh, it's 100% exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> Brandel, what is the most challenging voice impression that you can do? I think the hardest stuff for me to do is like really, really high end things. Like if I'm, I mean, like trying to do a baby crying or, or something that's a lot of screaming, like, oh my God, I've had to do um, Death Eaters for Harry Potter sketches. And that's, that's really not fun. Do you lose your voice? No, it's sort of a backwards breathing thing where you're like, I'm coming to kill you. <laughs> the crazy shit you get to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leanne P, of all the characters you've played, which one do you identify with the most? Um... I don't know. I mean, I find something in every character that that feels organic. Deflection. Um, huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said this is the truth. I mean, I, I really do. If I'm if I'm interested in playing a character, it's because I feel like I can give them an honesty, and so there's got to be something in them that I identify to, even if it's not a, a decision making that I'd relate to. Right? Like your character makes decisions sometimes that you, as a person, can't relate to. And so you got to find some mm. organic way to come to that conclusion or you just can't be honest in your performance. I like it. Little Lisa. <laughs> I do. It's, that's a good answer. Little Lisa, what's something you can't go a day without doing besides seeing your wife? Um, I don't know. I think I like to think I'm fairly adaptable. Deflection. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't love um, addictions. Um, I don't, I don't like uh, bad habits, Mm. Um, but I also haven't been dependent on any specific thing to get through a day, right? And since I've spent my whole life working in unpredictable conditions and still having to render a very specific service, regardless, I, I like to think I've become adaptable and I don't, I don't need much. Aisha says you were almost cast as Jay and Mallrats. Can you talk about what the process was and what happened? I don't think it's accurate to say that I was almost cast as Jay and Mallrats. There was really no 
I don't think there was ever a point where anybody took seriously the idea of Jason Mewes not playing that part. Um, and the process was, um, uh, we got caught because uh, uh, it's not Don Simpson and it's not, do you remember? God damn it. I can't believe I'm, I'm Jerry Bruckheimer. No, 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 no. It was the, the casting director and his first name is Don and he had cast um, Days and Confused. And the way that they had done that was they basically had a chemistry party over a day and got a bunch of pizzas and got a bunch of actors and had them all workshop scenes together. And then they selected who they thought looked the best on camera and had the best chemistry. And so when the same casting director was casting Mallrats, he employed the same idea where dozens of actors. Um, it, it was so many people, it's crazy. And each of us came in and out of the room being paired up in a variety of places. Um, and I, when I found out that, because J- Jason was there, we were all in the same hallway for like 11 hours as they paired us up in groups and went in in all different varieties of the group. And I already felt dumb about trying to be Jay when Jason Muse <laughs> was in the running for Jay. It's like, oh, I know. It's so weird. it felt so futile in the first place. And I also wanted to really distinguish my take on Jay from what Jason had done in Clerks. But at the same time, it's written out snoochie booches. And you're, you're like, well, how, how do I read this line without it? Right. I mean, God, yeah. You don't even <laughs> like a, like a, like a J, like a J ripoff. So, um, you know, the process was harrowing. I just chased laughs the entire time. I just, I just peacocked all around. Cause that, that would, the, the spirit of that character for me was just unapologetically loud and takes up space. Yeah. Right. So that's fun. Um, Cause I'm not a big guy. So taking up a lot of space, you know, that's why Kevin Hart's so popular is because he's an enormous personality. Right. I love right? it. So that's what I did, but it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Ross, did Tim Curry scare you to death while filming it? No, I was such a Tim Curry fan when I got that job that I was in awe of him um, as a student is to a master. And I sat at his feet and asked him questions all the time. And I just followed his lead on process. It was so fucking exciting to get to spend time with him, to get to work with him. I, I mean, it, it really was, um, especially him. Like, I loved him so much. And his roles and performances meant so much to me by the time we got to work together that I was not going to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't going to fail. I worked so hard to be prepared for every scene in that in that one, too. Wow. <laughs> Karen B., last question. What are some of your best memories of working with Robin wait, Williams? Wait, I have to. I feel like I have to follow up on that just one more time. Oh, yeah, no, go. I'll, I'll, well, you could edit that. It was so much. cool that we stayed in touch. Um, after working together and he was just incredibly kind and generous in ways that few people are. Um, so even beyond getting to work together, I just love that man. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah.
So what was it like in your best memories of working with Robin Williams on Old Dog? Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, that whole thing was really fun and special for me. Um, we'd met um, before, but not, not like that. Um, and the first day that we got to work together was a scene with a lot of improv potential in it. And we just had a great time. I was like, whatever you give me, I'm going to send it back to you. And uh, you know what I mean? As to, it was just like electric. Wow. Awesome. And then throughout the rest of making that movie, we, we went back at one point and uh, got a bunch of scenes. They, they totally changed the ending. Um, and we shot a bunch of pickup stuff. And even that was just hilarious. It's just so much fun. Um, You know, he's truly one of my heroes. Um, getting to know him even peripherally um, and getting to work with him is like one of my proudest things. <laughs> Did you ever n notice anything? Because, you know, he's always the happy guy. I always, I, I can relate where I, you know, I go, not to Robin Williams, obviously he's brilliant. I'm just saying in terms of like always being the center of attention, I always felt like as a kid, I've always, I felt like that was the only way I could get in. And, 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 you know, it was, uh, did you feel like, did you ever see the real side of him? Did you think, did you ever fee see a innate sort of sadness or anything like that? Or was it always just kind of fun and fun and, uh, you know, good times? No, we, we, I got, I got to spend a couple of really quiet moments with him. And I was, I was uh, even grateful for that. We, we did an extensive amount of press for that movie, including like a whole, um, golden globe, uh, a series of interviews with the farm press. And I, I was just with him that whole day. Uh, and it was a long day. And we um, had lunch together in his room. Um, and really, we're just quiet, like just sat in the quiet, because it had been so noisy, it had been so chaotic. And I took his comfort in not needing to perform for me. Um, and me not needing to entertain him. Wow. Yeah, you know, the. I didn't know that he was sick, and he didn't let on that he was struggling with um, his interpretation of things. Um, but I did see him in between scenes, right? So, like, when uh, uh, Lillard and Dax and I were working together in between scenes, we were just like, you know what I mean? Right. Keeping that vibe. And Robin in between scenes would just go sit in a quiet corner and play Sudoku. Sudoku? Sudoku. Sudoku? Just like yeah. brain challenges. Yep. Brain challenges. Just brain challenge. Video game, brain challenges. And we talked a lot about comics and video games, and he, he just voraciously consumed stuff. Wow. But I didn't realize in that time that he was struggling with uh, cognition, with interpretation, with uh, even basic motor function. And nobody knew. Nobody yeah. knew until after. And, uh, you know, I had Bobcat on the show a while back, and he talked about it because he was close friends with him. And they, he, he opened up a little bit about that. And uh, it's tragic. It's like I think a lot of people that we know we always see this fun loving hey how are you but we don't really know what they're going through or what they do when they go home or what yeah. you know kind of like the 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 clown with the painted face and the painted smile and sometimes we we don't know exactly and so you know i have a 
you know, on this show, I always talk about mental health and, you know, you never know what other people are going through. And so it's just important to, to try and just, like you said, be kind, be nice. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't originate that philosophy, but no, I know you didn't. I, and I think Henry Winkler did. <laughs> I think Henry Winkler originated that. The nice. Oh, I buy that. <laughs> he's, he's one of the kindest. He oh, really I love is. That man. He is. He's super. Well, dude, this, I don't want to take any more time. This is, this has been great. Oh, yeah. It's such a chore to catch up with you, Michael. <laughs> it's such a chore. <laughs> like, but I'm know, glad we need this podcast to stay friends. What if I wrote you an email after this and said, hey, I, I really didn't even want to interview. I, I just needed you. I needed to talk to you. I just wanted to hear your voice. I, I thought for sure that's what this was. But it's it, just it kind the, of is. The podcast format that makes it much easier to open up to each other. <laughs> you know what, though? It is nice to just, you know, two friends to talk and open up and uh, hopefully give back to, to some of the people that are listening that, you know, listen to the show or, or, or fans of yours or whatever. And, uh, no, it's important to me. And after this, I just, it, I just feel like I got a lot from it. And, uh, so thank you. Me too, man. And you know, everybody, everybody struggles with that imposter syndrome. Everybody doubts themselves and any artist that is like really compelled to create is forced to ask, who gives a shit about anything that I'm making and you just can't let that stuff guide you. You know, you've got too big a heart to get in your own way. Thank you, my friend. No, I appreciate that. And uh, so I'll just write you a check or Venmo you after. No, man, but I'm going to cash it in your ass next time I see you. <laughs> give, me, give me the LT, <laughs> ATM swipe of the ass, buddy. Dude, I love you, Seth. This has been great though. Thank you so much. Love you back love Seth Green. What can you say about him other than he's a great guy? Thank you for listening and uh, I hope you enjoyed that. If you enjoyed it again, please subscribe to the podcast and stick around for other guests that are coming up. Uh, we've got a lot of great guests and a lot of guests from the past. You know, um, we had Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Charisma Carpenter from Buffy, um, uh, Bob Odenkirk, many great guests. So please write a review and uh, remember the handles if you want to follow us are at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter. And uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Also, you can watch these videos. Ryan, you do a great job editing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, yeah. also, if you want to join Patreon, my Patreon family, there's tiers. And uh, Patreon's great because if you like the podcast, you want to give a little bit more to the podcast, you could join patreon.com slash inside of you. I write you a message right after you join, thanking you. And there's a lot of tiers with a lot of great added bonus material and bonus stuff that you can get, uh, which is pretty awesome. At the end of this uh, episode, we're going to read out the uh, patrons like I always do. The top tiers get a shout out. That's what they get. I'd like to let you guys know that I'm going to be uh, in Lexington. Uh, actually, first, I'm going to be in Houston at a uh, Comic Palooza July 17th. Wow. So I'm going to be rocking, signing autographs, doing a bunch of stuff. So if you're in Houston, Go to comapalooza.com or whatever. You'll find it. Uh, you can probably look on my uh, my handles, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. At Michael Rosen, <laughs> Rosenbum on Twitter. Yeah. The Michael Rosenbaum on the Instagram and Facebook. Um, and other cons coming down the road. September 4th, Dragon Con. I'll be in Atlanta. I'll be in Lexington September 9th through the 12th uh, for that weekend for the comic convention. And uh, September 24th, West Virginia. Also, the band, um, we are going to be playing on Stage It. If you go to stageit.com, actually, you could just go to sunspin.com. The band is Sunspin. 
We're going to be playing two shows, 2, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m., July 31st, Saturday, July 31st. So get your tickets. It's going to be a great show, covers, and uh, we're going to play some of the album, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, if you want any Sunspin merch, band merch, go to sunspin.com. You could book the band. You could uh, uh, Zoom with me. Also, the Inside of You online store, if you want any Inside of You uh, merch, we've got uh, tons of stuff, new mugs, um, shirts, Lex Luthor shirts, lunch boxes, Smallville lunch boxes, uh, Funko Pops. I'll sign them so you know them. they're from me because I see a lot of people signing Ryan. You know, there's, there's, there's people that are selling my stuff and like, why don't I? At least they'll know it's from me. Yeah. So that, the real deal. It's the real deal. Do you have a good week, man? Are you, are you, is your stress, are you a little better? I know you're doing some therapy. No, it was good. I mean, honestly, I just got back from visiting my parents, and that was a really nice thing to do. Uh, you get along with your parents. I get along with my you parents. You like being around I your parents. I like being with my parents. I play guitar with my dad. Oh, man, that's I, beautiful. That's beautiful. I like hanging with my mom. They got a new puppy. What's the puppy's name? Blue. Blue. a boy, Blue. She's uh, 12 weeks old. She's, really? she's gonna be huge cute as a button cute as a button she doesn't know oh, how her body man. works it's really adorable <laughs> that's that's it's always a treat watching that watching them grow and then yeah especially when you get them at a young age and you just love them more as they get older and older they just they're always that puppy we've never had a puppy growing up this is the first pup well congratulations on that Thank congratulations you. to you going to therapy i think yeah. that's marvelous yeah uh hopefully you guys are all doing well taking care of yourself uh doing therapy if you need it i think we all probably need it i know yeah. i do Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, I just had a surgery. Uh, everything's going well. Um, I am I am alive, and uh, you know it takes time to heal, but uh, it's 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 gonna it's gonna work out in the end. I think we should probably read out the uh, the uh, top tier patrons. I think that's a marvelous plan. You know, before we do that, I want to read you a little uh, read you a little letter here. This is from a fan. This is from a listener, more importantly, Petra. Hey, Michael, really enjoyed the unique style of your podcast with their mental health life lessons perspective. I showed up originally as a Smallville fan who enjoyed your portrayal of Lex Luthor better than Gene Hackman, in my opinion, with more depth and nuance. <laughs> Thank you, Petra. Oh, I began rewatching recently as a way of escaping the pandemic. I look forward to seeing you in some new movies or series after the current situation is over. I have the feeling you would be amazing in a film noir role anyway best of luck with sunspin the band and a happy new year petra just thought that was nice just reading you know little little blurbs <laughs> you like hearing that you're better than gene hackman too well maybe that's why i read it well i mean it, it doesn't suck <laughs> all right here are the top tier patrons if you join patreon go to patreon.com slash inside of you i read a message uh, i'll read your message and i'll and i'll send you a message for joining and thanking you and uh, it's a lot of fun if you want to help the podcast in any other way uh, these are the big shout outs. Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico, Robin S, Jerry W, Robert B, Jason W, Apothean, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Lucas M. We got Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJ P. <laughs> yes, we do. Samantha M, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Carly H, Carly S, Jen S, Jamal F. Janelle B, Tabitha272, not to be confused with. Tabitha273. Kimberly E, Mikey L, Don Supremo. 99 more, Ramira, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Ray A, Maya P, Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley F, E, Ashley E, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda N, Kevin V, 
James R., Chris H., Dave H., Samantha S., Spider-Man Chase, Sheila. G. Correct. Mm. Ray H., Tabitha T. See, I just want to keep him on his toes, folks. Tabitha T., Tom N., Suzanne B., Liliana A., Michelle K., Marcus W., Hannah B., Mich- Michael S., Talia M., Andrew T., Betsy O., Claire, Claire. She did it on a dare. Claire. Liz J., Laura L., Chad L., Rochelle, Nate, uh, Rochelle Nathan E. I'm one of those guys who sometimes has to lick their lips because of the papers. Otherwise, I can't get them. Do you ever do that? I think I'm going to have to start doing that at some point. Is it an age thing? No, I've been doing it for years, oh. and my friends make fun of me. <laughs> Taylor K., Marion, Meg K., Janelle P., Trav L., Dan N., Diane R., Ajeta, Lorraine G., Corey M., Veronica K., Big Stevie W., Kendall T., Carol D., Sandy B., Angel M., Eric C., Rihanna C., uh, Stephen M., Corey K., Super Sam, Emily C, Sherry S, Coleman G, David C, Michelle A, Matt W, Liz L, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Chris E, Sebastian K, Gavinator, Ann H, Elliot M, and John B. Thank you guys uh, for subscribing to the podcast, giving extra to the podcast. You patrons rule. Um, and uh, Ryan, they like you on the Q and A's. Ryan sometimes helps me with the Q and A's. And uh, unfortunately for you, Ryan, they like you, which means hopefully you'll do it again. I hate being liked. I hate yeah. being liked. It just really sucks. Anyway, I uh, appreciate you guys listening to the show. And uh, please tell everybody you know and write an email and get folks to listen. And uh, I love doing this. And I love you guys. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you. From myself, Michael Rosenbaum. My, and myself, Brian Tejas. Give him a wave over at the big camera up there. Bye. We love you guys. Thanks so much. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.